there. Welcome to Into the Fire. I'm Rob Reed, President of Bison Fire Protection, and I believe that together we can make the world a safer place. So every week we're going into the fire to pull out life lessons learned from frontline professionals and apply them to fire protection, business, and most importantly, everyday life lessons. This week, we're talking to John McDonald. He's a producer over at BSI Insurance, and he has a great story to share with us about the hidden dangers that we have in our lives and around our workplaces and around our homes. Let's have a listen to what John has to say. My name is John McDonald. Uh, I'm an insurance broker. I've been doing that for over 30 years, and I have contracted with BSI Insurance Brokers. Uh, hidden dangers in a home, uh, that comes up, whether say it's a home or else a uh, garage uh, shop that you're working in, is you come in there every day and you walk by the same danger. A lot of dangers are extension cords. They're underneath a mat, you have them in their house, they put on another light, Christmas lights, they're walked over and the plastic around the outside breaks down and then you start getting shorts and you may not notice it because it's under a carpet. Um, somebody coming in uh, to do a home inspection or aware of it will see that there's a lump in your carpet and see that you're running an extension cord and tell you that that's a very dangerous thing to do. And I've seen it where they've pulled out the extension cords and they are afraid and you can see where they've been arched. Yes, I have uh, seen actually two of them. Uh, they were hooked up to... Uh, Sorry, could you just say, just for the sake of the recording, could you say, I've seen two fires start as a result of frayed extension okay. cords. Yeah. I've seen two fires that were started by frayed extension cords. Uh, they were both in a shop, uh, plugged in to keep a Bobcat uh, battery charged in the wintertime. And uh, the constant running over these uh, cords caused them to fray and in one case the loss was over a million dollars in the second case it was close to five hundred thousand dollars and both uh, parties were out of business for a while until they got rebuilt thanks john for that great insight into hidden dangers really appreciate the story so let's get into the takeaways i know that's kind of my favorite part of the show and uh from what my friends are telling me in some cases that's their favorite part too so Let's talk about the fire protection takeaway. And this one's an important one. I always talk to people about when they're upgrading their fire equipment or what they want to do with that. Who's got a TV in their house from the 1970s? I mean, really, who's got a TV in their house or even in their cottage, I should say, from the 1970s? Nobody. And yet, there are so many people out there that still have fire alarm panels or older systems that are still that 1970s technology and where we won't use old technology to entertain ourselves we will use old technology to protect ourselves kind of crazy when you start to think about it in that perspective i mean the old systems they wear out electronics craps out we know it does but even sprinkler systems start thinking about your sprinklers they're full of water it's steel and water they don't get along that well over time, your systems, your sprinklers will corrode, they'll rust, they'll fill. That's why we have to do the five-year obstruction tests on top of what else we don't know that gets in there from outside sources, city water, that sort of thing. And that's an entirely different conversation. 
And then there are things too, like when we get into older suppression systems, you know, where have we got grease built up in the kitchens and things like that. So there's always reasons to look at your old equipment and think about why upgrades are important. You know, as I say, unless you've got a classic car, you've probably updated that a few times as well. But let's think about fire hazards and things around the house. And, you know, John brought up the freight extension cords, and he's so right about that. But what about gas storage? Where do you keep that? How do you keep that? Oily rags in the house. How often are you testing your smoke alarms? I do it twice a year, you know, spring forward, fall back. But don't just test your smoke detectors in the house. When are you testing and checking your extinguishers? And it's a simple process. Look at the gauge, flip it upside down, see if you can hear or feel the powder moving so that you know everything's okay in there. Or your CO detectors. But there's other things that you could be doing around the house as well. Think about cleaning out your dryer lint. How often do you do that? Or when you're getting your ducts clean in your house, have the guy do the ducting from the dryer. Clean that lint out of there. That's a much bigger fire hazard than you'll ever know. How about updating the wiring in your house? The old knob and tube systems that need to be cleaned up and all the good stuff that comes with that. And that's that's kind of a bigger project, but an important one. But I'm talking about the quick and easy hazards for the most part. Unplugging curling irons, ladies, when you're done curling your hair. Or probably shouldn't just say ladies. I know a, a couple vain guys that uh, fool with that sort of stuff as well. Making sure your cigarettes are out. How about the stove? How often have you walked away from your stove with that left on and maybe something's boiled or burned dry? I've talked about this in previous shows. My neighbor that burned his house because he left a couple eggs in a pot and it boiled dry and it caught fire. This stuff happens. You know, it's funny. I start thinking about, uh, you know, you live in a house with somebody. Sometimes you can be the, the best keeper or catcher of things that go on in your home when the biggest hazard in your house is your spouse. Think about that. Are you the kind of person that is causing the problems or the kind of the person that's catching them? Now, if you've got one of each of those in the house, you're pretty well protected because one's always checking the other. But I'm going to tell you, if you're both the hazard, you're living in a time bomb and it's ticking. Now, it's simple and I hear people talk about changing habits. Just make sure that if you're going to walk out of the kitchen or walk away from a hazard, turn it off. Like I say, we've talked about this in previous episodes. So make sure that you just change little habits quickly. So one of the things I do want to talk about is what happens when the biggest hazard in your house is your spouse. Now think about that for a minute. Is your spouse the person that leaves the stove on or walks away from the backyard fire or never changes that wire? Or maybe you're the spouse that's causing that kind of problems. Now as long as one person is checking the other and we're always catching each other, that's what you know people living together do. They complement each other and that's important. But keep in mind too that if you're both the hazard, you've just created a ticking time bomb and be ready for what could happen change some habits. Think about what you're doing and just take a moment to turn off the stove. Think about what you're doing and why you're doing it. Make a weekend out of going through the house and looking for those frayed wires. All of that good stuff. Because when you do the right things, good things happen. 
So let's get into the next part here, the business takeaway. And this is important for all you business people out there. And quite often I address the CEOs and, and presidents and different people out there. But I also want the managers and people that are working in business development, things like that, to pay attention here for a minute. Because we're talking now about lack of vision and what kind of a hidden danger lack of vision can be. And I always think, is there anything scarier in business than the statement that we have always done it this way. Like, holy crap, that's scary. Because no matter how you run your business, you are influenced by outside sources, whether it's product changes or in the fire business, uh, code changes, uh, shipping changes. There's a thousand things that change for a thousand different reasons. And if you think that what happened 30 years ago in business is what you should be doing now, you are inviting problems big time. How about the other scary statement? Let's go back to how we used to do it. Can you imagine taking a step backwards in your business? Don't do it. Honestly, look forward. Use vision. Take some time away from the office. Go out for coffee. Lock your door for 15-20 minutes a day. I know talking... Uh, Sorry, I don't talk to, but I listen to John Maxwell on occasion. And John always talks about taking time to self-reflect, whether it's in your office, alone, just getting alone with your thoughts. When you do that, you have time to really sort through the chaff of your mind. And you don't have the other people chirping in your ear. And you can start thinking about, where do I want to go? How am I going to get there? Now, that doesn't mean you can have a full plan put together. That's what your team is for. But you got to make sure that you are at least directing it. You're coming to the room with an idea, with a vision. You're taking people somewhere. And I've said so many times, you know, when you think about how you want to get to the goal, and the goal is here, and you're here, and your team is over here, and somewhere through it, you work your way up. But as you do that, The plan comes together because you know what the end goals, you've given the team a mountain to climb and you're going to get them up there. Now, again, you got to make sure that as you're doing this, you have the right people in the room because if you have the wrong people, the naysayers, the negative Nellies, I I mean, I can come up with all those little cliches and, and crazy names for having the wrong people in the room, but you need people that can support and think and do. Now, I'm not talking about yes men. We don't need yes men. You think about how many rock stars in this world would be alive today if they didn't necessarily listen to the hangers-on and yes men around them that were giving them the things they shouldn't have had. And in business, let's face it, there's lots of rock stars out there, lots of people that have done some amazing things, and yet there's lots of rock stars that have crashed too. Think about that. If you aren't thinking about vision and where you're going, you're not going to see the opportunities. They're not going to present themselves. If you are locked in your office thinking about the way things used to be, wanting things to be the way they used to be, wanting things to not progress in a really good way because you're stuck in your comfort zone, you will crash. There's a wall coming and you're going to hit it. And that is the best advice I can give on vision. So let's get into our last takeaway, the 
life takeaway. And this is the important one for everyone that is uh, just enjoying the show out there. You don't have to be in business for this part. You know, you don't have to be in the fire business or or receiving fire services for this one. This is about just everybody that's out there that's watching, that's wanting to learn and grow. And the hidden dangers in your life. You start thinking about diet and exercise and how important that is. This year, I mentioned in an earlier episode, I've jumped on my bike, started exercising a little more. I'm about to get into a bit of a healthier eating plan. But I've got 580 miles, not kilometers, and yes, we're in Canada, but 580 miles because I came from that era, <laughs> dating myself here a little bit, but uh, 580 miles on my bicycle this year. And I'm pretty proud of that, and I'm still going. I've still got a couple months before the snow flies, and I'm going to keep pushing it. But am I feeling better? Yeah. Is it helping my stress? Absolutely it is. Uh, you know, am I sleeping better? 100% I am. All the good things that come from exercising. And I'm going to keep kicking it up as the winter comes. I've got some plans that I want to do. And hopefully that starts to really show with time that uh, I'm really working it out. But let's think about some of the other hidden things and bad habits that we have. Past shows, I've talked about texting and driving. How about drinking and driving? You know, the I've had three beers and maybe, yeah, I'm okay, Right. Well, maybe it's time to start revisiting some of those habits or changing those or changing those thought patterns. It's interesting these days that you look at kids that have spent their lifetime hearing about drinking and driving and now they've gotten to be into their early 20s and they don't even hesitate about who's going to be the designated driver when they go out that night. It's just their habit. It's funny, it's the older generation that has the bad habits of drinking and driving because the laws were looser and easier back then. So I'm kind of talking to the people in my age group right now when I say, we got to consciously make some changes. And, you know, there are people that have, but there's some of us that need need to make some changes and, uh, you know, kind of continue with that. But the other things that we're talking about here, you know, the habits that we need to change... Have you thought about or have you worked on your emotional EQ? How you think about yourself, how you think about your effect on others around you and when you're bringing positive things to them and how it brings them up. Emotional EQ is a big thing and it may be a bit of a sound like a buzzword right now, but it's not. It really is important because it's how you relate to people. People talk about dealing with millennials and the eyes roll and all that. Well, it's because they're far more tuned into that sort of thing. They have become far more emotionally aware of themselves than people have been in the past. They don't park it away in, in, in a compartment. You know, it's on their sleeve. So as, as leaders, as people that are out there, we need to be more aware of that. How about mental health? Let's face it, in the last 5, 10 years, that's come to the forefront. Where it used to be a stigma, now that's something we're working with it. We get people into, we talk about openly around the table in the office here. Who's got issues, who doesn't have issues, who's getting support, and what kind of support. Who are you talking to? Where are you taking? How are you, you know, these are conversations that didn't happen in the not-so-distant past. Really glad to hear it. Interesting story. Uh, I'm going to change gears here just a little wee bit. Talking to a lady yesterday, a friend of ours, she was talking about how she was in a course in Toronto not long ago, uh, just uh, July. And in a three-week course, at the end, uh, two days before the course ended, 
one of the fellows that was there, he's from Australia, a very sad story, had a massive heart attack and died. Terrible, terrible thing for her to have to, to go through in a classroom that somebody she'd been working with for three weeks. Gets home and within a few days of that, her husband had a heart attack. Now, fortunately, he survived that. But then she was started giving me the, you know, you got to remember, exercise, get better, take care of yourself. And I said, yeah, you know what, Karen, you're right. I got I to gotta do that. Uh, you know, she'd been through a couple very serious things and this was important to her. So I did a little bit of research because, you know, everyone always points at the guys and says, guys, exercise, get rid of the stress, do this. But did you know that women are right on par with men for heart attacks and heart disease and stroke? Right now, when I look at things, um, heart attack is the number one killer for women over 55. Did you know that heart and stroke issues take 31,000 ladies away from us every year in Canada? This isn't a North American thing. This is in Canada. We can do better. All right, well, I want to wrap it up by thanking John again for coming in and spending some time with us sharing his story. Thank you, John. I really appreciate it. Do you have a personal fire story you want to share? If so, send it in. You never know when it's going to burn its way into the fire. Now, I know you learned something from today's episode of Into the Fire. Do your friends and family a favor and share it with them. You can make your world a safer place. I'm Rob Reed. See you next week on Into the Fire.